With exactly one week until Missouri basketball tips off against Central Michigan, what should we be expecting and looking for for this Tiger team? And also, a former Tiger is tipping off his first season as a Division I basketball coach as well. Also, a new rule has me a little bit concerned going into college basketball. So let's talk about all that and more right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And thank you so much for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen Every day, we are available for you on all platforms, including YouTube, for free. So, tell you what, basketball is coming as much as I love Mizzou football. i got to be honest, really, Missouri basketball was the first thing that got me into being a true diehard Tiger fan as a young man. So, every time Hoops is about to tip off, well, I get excited for it every year. And... You know, for as much talk around this team as there's been the last few seasons about three-point shooting or or maybe the lack thereof, I think just as important from Missouri is to get more ball handling to improve that offense. And it's going to be interesting because a lot of talk for Missouri in this preseason has been that they just have more playmaking all around the court. So I think... One thing that's huge for Missouri this season, for the team that they have on paper, is to move the basketball because it doesn't seem to me there's necessarily a true point guard on this roster. So we don't have a guy who's necessarily going to initiate the offense and get everybody else involved in a way that makes their their job easier. So, And we also don't have necessarily a guy like Xavier Pinson. Well, Missouri literally doesn't have Xavier Pinson because he's playing for LSU this season as a transfer. But Pinson was obviously one of, if not the most ball-dominant guards in all of the SEC and if not the country last season. So a lot of things went through him. A lot of pick-and-rolls, high pick-and-rolls went through him. Well, To me, Missouri can't play like that this year if they're going to be successful offensively. To me, Missouri has to move the ball. It can't be between just one guy. Now, the good news is if Missouri does move that ball, I feel like they actually have a decent collection of at least playmakers on the floor. Now, shooting, again, getting back to three-point shooting. So much of college basketball these days comes down to the three-point shot. Well, Is Missouri going to be good enough in that regard? I think that remains to be seen. But I do think at the very least, you're going to see a team that is more capable of having multiple guys who can put the ball on the floor and at least do something with it if that double team comes and the ball's kicked out to them and they're wide open. So often in the past, we've had too many guys who are unwilling to take a shot, unwilling to put a ball on the floor, that type of deal. So, with all that being said, of course, Missouri is, in theory, in theory at least, a smaller basketball team. 
Jeremiah Tillman was a beast inside the middle, right? Not only was he an effective player, but an intimidating presence and a guy that when he was off of the floor, suddenly last season, Missouri was a very small team that was easy to bully around. But in fact, while this coming Missouri program, this coming Missouri team, I should say, while they don't necessarily have a traditional five-man that they're going to start, this team's actually bigger overall. Their wings, their point guards, overall, they're just a bigger, rangier, more athletic group. I think that's even more important is that in the past few seasons, maybe some of these Conzo Martin teams have been a little bit shy on just raw athleticism. And at times that's shown up not only defensively, but also finishing plays at the rim as well. So hopefully if this Missouri team is going to outpace people's expectations for this season, again, I think what they really have to do is share the basketball. I don't think it can be just the, hey, let's run a a high pick and roll every time down court, as is often the most efficient way to do offense in 2021, quite honestly. I just don't think that's going to work for Missouri this season. I think they're going to have to pass the ball, move the basketball, and when the ball swung to, say, the opposite side of the court and somebody's open, we're, we're going to need multiple guys who can attack that open spot and that weakness in the defense. Now, speaking of those five men, obviously Missouri probably not going to start a traditional five-man. Jordan Wilmore is the only five-man, a.k.a. center, if you want to call it that, to be maybe a little bit more simple for some of you out there. Well, Jordan Wilmore, let's just say all I really want to see out of him early in the preseason is how he moves. That's going to tell me basically everything I need to know. We've heard a lot about how he's transformed his body in the offseason. Well, if he can just move side to side defensively to the point where he's not a liability on that end, or maybe he's even a plus on that end against certain matchups, well, then we may have something there. But you know who I'm even more curious about is actually Trevin Brazil. And I believe I've previously months ago called him Trayvon Brazil, but I'm pretty sure it's Trevin, at least if we can trust Anton Brookshire's pronunciation of his name. But Trevin Brazil, a guy who's about six foot nine, uh, a raw athlete, but somebody who may have flown under the radar, it seems, in terms of recruiting for whatever reason, because he seems like a really athletic, talented kid. He may be a year away, who knows? But if Brazil is somebody who's ready to contribute now, I think we could be surprised by just how much of a difference somebody who's that athletic at his size can really make just a huge difference for Missouri this season and their basketball team. By the way, of course, Kim English is about to tip off his first season as a head basketball coach, possibly ever, but definitely at the Division I level. Of course, Kim was an assistant with Frank Haith at Tulsa, was at Colorado for a cup of coffee as well, but has been with Rick Barnes for the past few seasons. And, well, you know what? Let's actually not only talk about how we all should be rooting for Kim English coming up, but we'll address the elephant in the room with Kim as well, something a lot of Missouri fans have been discussing. Could he possibly be the Missouri coach in the future? Well, let's address that 
But first, I want to talk about something new in my life that I love, so I know you'll love it too, all you college football fanatics. Have you heard about prize picks? Well, prize picks is daily fantasy made easy, and they are the leader in college sports, daily fantasy offering more college football props than anybody in the world, and everything from star players in the Power Five to mid-major guys that a lot of people have barely even heard of. Well, guess what? You can show off your superior knowledge over at Prize Picks and possibly make a little bit of dough on the side while you do it. One of my favorite things is to take a couple or maybe as many as five different propositions, put them together, and get even more odds. Get more bang for your buck if you will, over at Prize Picks. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com today or go to the App Store, download their app, use the promo code Locked On when you do. That's for darn sure. So you'll get your 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Once again, just be sure to use the promo code Locked On at Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made easy. So I, for one, am going to be excited to watch and follow George Mason basketball this season and and in the future seasons as well. Kim English, a very young guy to be getting that kind of opportunity. Now, he's actually about the same age Quinn Snyder was when he got his first head coaching job. Now, of course, Missouri is a big-time job, especially Back in 1999, when Quinn was hired, a lot of pressure following a legend like Norm Stewart. So fortunately for Kim English, not quite as much pressure, but a really good landing spot for him, in my opinion. A mid-major program, but a mid-major program that has some recent history and some expectations. Of course, I believe it was 2006, about 15 years ago, when George Mason had its Cinderella run all the way to the Final Four. So obviously, a lot of history there. I think a good fit for somebody like Kim English at his first job. And obviously, I'm wishing him all the best in the world. Now, let's address again the elephant in the room with Kim English, because a lot of people, even before Kim became a head coach this coming season at George Mason, have been wondering aloud, gee, I wonder if Kim English could be the Tiger head coach someday. Well, never say never. That's for darn sure. We all know Kim English still has a lot of love for the University of Missouri. And just from what I've heard and some, you know, just through back channels and knowing various people around town, I'm pretty certain that Kim English tried to get on with Conzo Martin at some point, especially before he ended up with Rick Barnes down at Tennessee. Now, obviously, that didn't work out. I don't have a lot of details there. Perhaps there wasn't an open spot. And perhaps Kim just thought, hey, maybe Rick Barnes is a better opportunity. I don't have all of that timing or details for you. But again, I'm pretty certain that Kim was open to the idea at one point of being on that staff. But I'll tell you what, that actually could be a blessing in disguise if indeed Kim would like to ultimately be the Missouri head coach someday. If that's something he would at least be open to in the future, well, 
actually, I think him not being on the Conzo staff is a good thing because guess what? Let's say the Conzo Martin thing ultimately peters out in maybe two to four years, just hypothetically speaking. Well, if, if Kim English was a part of that staff, it would be a much harder sell to bring back a former Martin staffer or a former Haith staffer at Missouri, for that matter. That's a tougher sell. Somebody you decided to get rid of as a head coach. Oh, let's bring on that person's assistant. See, normally when you bring on an assistant from a former regime, it's from a legendary coach like say Dean Smith or something like that. Think when Bill Guthridge took over post Dean Smith back in the day for North Carolina. But the point is, I think regardless of this hypothetical situation, it's going to be years and years and years before I would say five to 10 years, probably realistically before that's even a thought in anybody's mind, whether it's Kim's mind, whether it's anybody in the athletic department, He's going to have to succeed at George Mason before we start talking about any jobs in the Power Five, much less at Missouri. So even though we're putting the cart ahead of the horse here, I would just say, yeah, never say never. I think Kim would be open to it. I think under the right circumstances, the administration would be open to it. But again, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves on that particular scenario. By the way, you all know how much I loved Missouri running back Tyler Beatty, of course, and with good reason. But I tell you what, I'd actually like to see a little bit less of Tyler Beatty. And I want to tell you why coming up and also inform you about a rule change that has me a little bit perturbed for the coming college basketball season. But first, let me tell you, about our friends at betonline.ag, where guess what? Missouri is a pretty, pretty significant underdog this week against the Georgia Bulldogs, minus 37 and a half at last check. But you know what? If you don't want to take all those points, give all those points, maybe you've got some college basketball thoughts for the coming season. Well, put your money where your mouth is over at betonline.ag where they have a new, updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to get this 50% welcome bonus. So whether you like basketball, football, baseball, UFC, boxing, or Vegas casino games, they've got you covered over at Bet Online. So once again, Use our promo code locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus at Bet Online, where the game starts. Congratulations out to Missouri running back Michael Cox and also long snapper Daniel Hawthorne, who have now officially been put on scholarship. And generally, when you're, for all intents and purposes, the second string running back, at least on standard downs, right? Michael Cox has basically been the backup lately. Now, Dawson Downing will be in there in passing situations where you need pass protection. But when you need somebody to run the football lately, it's been Michael Cox who has vaulted ahead of not only Downing, but a couple pretty prized running backs, Taj Butts, Eli Young, a a couple guys who are pretty highly rated, 
out of high school. And to me, you know, I'll be completely honest. I have absolutely no idea if Mike Cox can catch the football, can be a threat in the receiving game. I equally have zero idea if he's any good in pass protection. But it's still really obvious, though, why this young man has carved out a role for himself. And again, if anything, I'd like to see him take more of the tough yardage carries from Beatty just to take some of the load off of that young man. Because obviously this workload is unprecedented for him, at least in college. So to me, Cox has really, really impressed just as a pure runner and just to me, get him five to 10 carries a game, take a little bit of the load off of Beatty, especially when he's obviously a little bit gassed. I actually think the running game could be just a tiny bit more efficient if that's the case. By the way, lately, it sure seems like there's a fairly significant rule change in college basketball every season. But, you know, as I perused the new changes this season, most of it was fairly insignificant. Stuff like, okay, now they're going to leave it up to the referee's discretion in determining, say, basket interference. If, if a guy just barely grazes the net, well, they're emphasizing that, all right, if that has no impact on the actual shot, then you can just let that one go. So some slight clarifications on little things like that. But the only one that really stood out to me is that now officials are going to be permitted to use instant replay to determine which team is the final one that touched the ball out of bounds the last two minutes of the game. Oh, if there's one thing I can't stand, it's instant replay in basketball. Now, there are some exceptions to this. I can live with the end of half, end of quarter, end of game sort of clock situation. And also, foot on the line on a three-pointer. You know what? I can live with that one as well. Especially because oftentimes you can just check that one during the timeout. You don't have to actually stop the game. But as an NBA fan, I've seen how this goes. The last two minutes of games where... We're checking for a replay just about every single time the ball gets batted out of bounds. We're now stopping the game and going to the replay monitor for a minute, two minutes, perhaps longer. And to me, in a sport where most of your casual fans are just tuning in for the last few minutes of a basketball game, and frankly, there isn't there's few things in sports that are a lot better than a well-played last few minutes of an NBA game. Well, congratulations for attempting to ruin that because you've really done it by not only taking the drama out of it, just taking the the momentum and energy out of the arena when this stuff happens, but even more importantly, I'm not convinced that we're getting a significant amount of these calls correct, especially in the spirit of the rule. See, to me, a few years ago when we started seeing this in baseball, you'd see guys easily beat a throw to second base on a steal, for instance, but then on a pop-up slide over a fraction of a second, his cleat might have come off the base. And so suddenly, oh, because he had his glove on him, he's supposed to be out? My point is the spirit of the rule, this is not why we invented replay, okay? We weren't trying to correct that type of call. We were trying to correct obvious blown errors, not invent 
calls that would have never been considered an out previously. Well, like in basketball, so often, okay, if a guy slaps the ball out of bounds and it maybe barely grazes your fingernail or something, well, generally speaking, in a pickup game, we're going to give it to the team that didn't slap the ball out of bounds, if that makes sense. And even then, if you want to slow it down and get really technical and say, no, it hit his fingertip last, I'm just not convinced of how helpful this stuff is. I've seen it long enough now in pro basketball that I'm not convinced that we're getting a significant amount of these calls right, that it's worth ruining the flow of basketball. Again, instant. I'm not anti-instant replay per se. I'm just anti-instant replay that doesn't work and that actively actually makes the sport slower and more boring. See, in tennis, instant replay works great. And to some extent, it works well in football because you run a play and you stop. You run a play and you stop. But in basketball, it's very much a flow-related game. And the more stoppages you have in basketball, actually the more boring that it gets. So you know what? I also, and on top of all that that I've just said, again, these are college refs. I have no real confidence in their ability to get these calls right. So to me, this is a lose-lose scenario for college basketball. You lose by slowing down the game and making it more boring, and you also lose because you're not really correcting the calls that you think you are. But other than that, great decision, NCAA hoops. But you know what? You've made a great decision coming to this podcast today, and I thank you so much for it. But I have a bit of a tip for you. Make your second listen locked on SEC with Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get all your daily SEC news in less than 30 minutes per day. So until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.